You're listening to You're listening to the to the Beer O'Clock the Beer O'Clock Show. You're listening to the Beer O'Clock Show. It's Beer O'Clock and this is the Beer O'Clock Show. My name is Mark and joining me as always to go through the beers is my beer buddy Steve. Hello Steve. Hi Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing alright, mate. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Very good. Tonight we look at a brewery from up Manchester Way as the second instalment of our pre-in-demand beer con preview thing. A brewery that's developed quite the buzz about the Twitter sphere and elsewhere in the last year or so, and that brewery is Cloudwater. So, in addition to the interview Steve did with Paul Jones from Cloudwater, which you'll hear at the end of the show after the tinkly tinkly music, we are of course reviewing one of their beers, and that beer is the New Zealand Hoppenweiss. Hoppenweisser! which we'll get to in a short little while. But before then, Stevie, what have you been yes, drinking, mate. mate? What have I been drinking? Oh, it's been a, it's been an interesting week beer-wise for me. Um, I was going to try and have a quiet week last week, but that, that went down the pan very, very quickly. Um, <laughs> with, with massive thanks to, to Gary from the Owl Trail. He sent me down a bottle of Pliny the Elder. Um, I saw which, that on Twitter. Yes. And it's the first time I've ever had more than a, a, a tiny little taster of it. Because the last couple of times I've had to share it with many, many people. Yeah. And, and I've got to say, mate, it, it pretty much blew me away. It was absolutely stunning. Um, really flavoursome. I got schooled on, on the evening that I posted it on Instagram as well. Because I never knew it was the first double IPA um, ever created. And um, I'd made some comments that some people took umbrage to and pointed out that shouldn't be comparing it to beers that are made now, because actually when it, when that was first brewed, it was the only one of its kind. So it was nice to try that. So I'm really grateful for, for Gary to sending that down to me um, and, and let me try it. So that was probably the highlight of my week. Um, and then just a few other ones. I've, I've had a, a very IPA fueled week this week. Um, so I gave the Wolfie Smith a try, which he was talking about last week, um, from the Ebria discovery box that, that we've got. Um, yeah, I could see what you were saying about it. It was, uh, mm. kind of malty and flat and there wasn't really any sort of punch to it. Uh, I mean, decent enough beer, but in, in terms of it being like an IPA, I think it was struggling a little bit. Yeah, it's a bit, a bit like an English IPA, but that doesn't do credit to the hops that were in it. Absolutely, yeah. And and again, like like all of these things, it might have been that you know, may, maybe the, the the bottles passed its its best, or who knows. But it was it was it was enjoyable enough. Also from that same box, though, I did get try the uh, the vocation um, can that was in there, which is Heart okay. and Soul, which is a session IPA. Mate, I tell you what, the flavors that are in that would you would never have put that as a session IPA. It's packed full of the big hoppy flavors that you expect from a bigger IPA. Coming in at four point five percent, really, really sessionable, really tasty. That's that's one to really watch out for, uh, and I'll, I'll I'll look forward to seeing what your views are on on, on that one when you get round to it. Um, and then just just finishing the other the other mention that I want to make this week again, the, what's rapidly becoming the brewery of the year for me, Buxton, um, another new brew from them, Red Rock IPA. Wow, uh, a red IPA. It was like, oh, like sherbet, fizzy kind of sweet drops. Just really, really tasty. Everything that I'm looking for in an IPA right now. But because it it was red as well, it had a lot of caramel and 
other notes going on in it. So again, that's that's one to keep an eye out for if you can get a hold of it. Red Rock IPA by Buxton. Um, nice. what, what about yourself, mate? What have you been up to this week? Oh, not much. I had not much again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had lots of work things on during the week, and I was travelling a little bit on the weekend, so I couldn't really get into anything. But a couple of weeks ago, when I was up at the in-laws, my father-in-law, who knows I like my beer, but doesn't necessarily understand the type of beers I like, very kindly got me a few bottles from his local Littles, because obviously they're doing their quote-unquote craft beer range now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what he picked up was a bottle of Unicorn from Robinson's. Okay, uh, and my I've comment, seen it, yeah. My comment on Untapped was, if Tom Jones did a song called Malt Bomb, it would be... <laughs> featured in the commercial for this beer so that should sum it up for you it was a decent beer it's nice and clean you know some decent caramel flavors in there typical english bitter really nothing to write home about very malty <laughs> to, to be honest with you mate i think I, I think if you know if this suggested hop hop shortage is anything to uh be believed we, we better get used to the malt bombs because there's there's not going to be a lot of hops around um it's going to make choosing beers for the next few bit, seasons quite difficult i know but fortunately i've got a, a good supply here and this weekend is f1 weekend so i'll be getting into the beers excellent as as will i uh, uh indie man oh and also i'm heading to the old fountain on wednesday Oh, very nice. Expect at least a couple on my list to read out next week. Woo! Woo! Right, let's get on to some news. We've got a few items of news. Yeah, there are the, the, a very mixed bag of news this week, mate. <laughs> Here's your pips. Beep, 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 Okay, just because we haven't had anything from those Scottish scamps for ages, here's some double brew dog news to start us off this week. Uh, they're starting a new range of beers, so you'll be aware that recently in their bars they've been doing some brews which they've called Pilot Brews, and then they've been numbered, so Pilot Brew 001, 002, all that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, well, they've decided they actually want to put a brand to that, and they're now calling them the B-Sides. Um, so just keep your eye out for that. If you see if you see a beer that's branded as a B-side in a Brewdog bar, it's it's one of the beers that's been brewed on their 10-litre pilot kit up in Ellen. The other little tidbit of Brewdog news is Dog Eat Dog, which is the hot dog and beer place in the Angel in London, is due to open on October the 16th. Um, so oh, they're nice. going to have a selection of gourmet hot dogs, 12 draft beers, curated bottomless plus uh, curated bottle list plus bottomless refills from um, our unique square root soda fountain. It's going to be dog and child friendly. From they're going to be open from 10 a.m. serving breakfast and coffee as well. So oh, wow. uh, might be worth a visit to to a slightly different brew dog venture. That sounds pretty cool. It does, doesn't it? That's in uh, that's in Essex Road, which is which is five minutes from the Angel Station in London. Um, as a direct contrast to Brewdog news, here's some uh, here's some Robinsons news actually. Seeing as we were just chatting about them, um, not being one to to miss out on an opportunity. Um, once again, teaming up with Iron Maiden to to celebrate 10 million pints of Trooper being brewed. They've released a new limited edition brew called Trooper 666. Now, this is uh, available exclusively from Morrison's in bottles. 
from the 1st of October, so it's widely available now. It's a 6.6% supercharged version of the 4.7% malt bomb that is Trooper. Um, it's out for a limited period only, and it's in 330ml bottles. So um, if anybody does drink a bottle of Trooper 666, let us know what it's like. Um, <laughs> and then I'll decide whether to rush out and get one or to avoid it altogether. Tell you what, that doesn't surprise me at all, considering Maiden's prevalence for re-releasing remixes remasters same album different cover constantly <laughs> yeah I, I think we said this at the time didn't we when we uh when we reviewed it uh trooper in in a show way back when i'm, I'm sure we said expect there to be more iron maiden themed beers because if this works it'll be a marketing opportunity too oh, good yeah. to miss for them um, okay, so back to the news. Um, Camera GB have opened their Beer of the Year 2015 um, nominations. All you have to do is send your top three beers in an email to hq at camera dot camera gb dot org. That's hq at C-A-M-R-G-B dot org um, to get your favourite beers of the year in for that little competition. Um, craft Beer Hour, which is something that we've been involved in since it very, uh, very first started, almost a year ago now, have announced their lineup for October and what a lineup Craft Beer Hour have got during October. So, uh, going launching this week, uh, they're featuring Cloudwater Brew, as are we. Uh, seems to be following a trend here again, where we lead, others follow. Um, <laughs> then to celebrate their 50th Craft Beer Hour, Thornbridge are hosting. The week after that, Wylam are hosting. Um, wow. And then the final week of October, which is going to be a Halloween hop hopperween monster mash ton halloween special is being hosted by weird beard so um get your beers in for those and get involved on craft beer hour for those who don't know what it is it's every tuesday night on twitter between nine and ten o'clock use the hashtag craft beer hour and get involved in the banter um and then finally in this week's news um camden town working with waitrose have revealed britain's first growler system at the King's Cross Waitrose branch. Now, this is this is pretty big news, actually. Um, you can go into King's Cross Waitrose, you can pick up a growler, and you can fill it up with Camden Town beer in, in the shop. Wow. Um, apparently, this is going to pave the way for it being rolled out across a number of Waitrose stores. Um, and hopefully, one would assume, around the country, with other breweries featuring their beers. So, um, keep your eye out for that one as well. Um, and that's the end of this week's news are you sure <laughs> yeah I, I i wasn't sure I, looking around at my notes but yeah that's that's it that's all the news for this week quite cool. say, quite a mixed bag this week it is a little bit of a mixed bag but let's get on to this complete not mixed bag of beer um cloud water new zealand hop and vice which is a six and a half percent hop and vice from their autumn range and New Zealand hop and vice because it's got New Zealand hops in. So it has Motueka and Nelson Servon or Sorvin or however you pronounce it. Oh, there's um, a lovely aroma coming out of the bottle. Just just crack my while you've been chatting there. Oh yeah. Awesome. It's as fresh as you like as well. And um up front we'll just say we'll say thanks to Paul from Cloudwater for sending these down to us um to try on tonight's show um we've been chatting to paul for a while about which beer to feature um because cloudwater are very much a brewery that 
who their beer is based on, what ingredients are available to, to them for that season. Um, mm-hmm. And make sure you hang around for the interview at the end. It's a it's a long interview, but um, I don't think there's ever been a, a time when I've interviewed someone for this show where I could have actually recorded hours worth of content. I, I don't <laughs> think I've ever spoken. I've spoken to a lot of passionate people, um, but chatting to Paul, that the passion and enthusiasm that came across for him for what he does and why he does it, um is, is just is just brilliant so make sure you listen to that interview um and you can hear all about how they use the ingredients and 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 how they've got different ranges depending on the seasons yeah so this for me this pour is really murky Does it pour yeah for you? mine i you can't even see through it it's no. uh proper murky that lovely aroma coming off lovely the aromas on there you get creamy in, aromas it is you're getting those you're getting the big tropical aromas that you'd expect from the um the, the hops in there. Maybe a little bit of a little bit of lime on there, maybe. And there's definitely a little bit of um little bit of banana on there as well. Yep. So uh let's get into it, mate. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Mm. Oh wow, that motoweka comes straight through. Oh it does. It's it comes straight through, but it's it's instantly softened by all the other flavors that are in there mm. so it's it's a little bit wheaty um there's there's quite some floral notes going on in the background um all that's coming through you get you get the big hit of hops up front but then you get all these other flavors that are playing around in the background mm-hmm. oh i think you, you called it on the aroma it's creamy mm. it's, it's, it's like a really creamy it's really thick um, full of body, full of flavour. That's incredible. That is really, really good. Yeah, really bitter, but it's got that sweet yeastiness coming through that you, the slightly bananary you expect from a hop, hop and vice. But like you say, it's lots of body. It feels, it tastes really thick, and oh, there's just a lovely sweetness coming. I mean, the bitterness from the hops kind of resides, but there's a sweet creaminess that's kind of balancing that as well. Yeah. So. Uh, Absolutely. I believe you. I believe you've been a studious young man, Steve. So I need you to explain to me exactly what is a hop and vice. Okay. It's <laughs> well. It's interesting because um, I, I I started looking it up. Um, to try and find out what a Hoppenweiss is. And, and apparently it, it's not a style. It, it doesn't actually exist. So um, I, I continue searching, and, and, and with thanks to the, the, the guys at the British Guild of Beer Writers who, who put me in touch with, uh, with a couple of writers who are based in Germany, um, I was able to get a little bit of background on, on the Hoppenweiss. Um, so the style, um, if it is considered a style, which, which some don't actually consider it as a style, um, some consider it as a bastardization of, of, of a style, which I think we're seeing more and more of in beer these days. But um, it goes back to 2007 when um, Garrett Oliver from Brooklyn Brewery um, and Hans Peter Drexler from Schneiderweiss did a collaboration. So, so basically what they did, they took a, they took a wheat beer um, and they basically threw hops at it. Hence, uh, right. Hoppenweiss. Um, so, um, <laughs> essentially, what it is, it's it's a strong, dry hopped wheat beer. 
Um, and this was kind of almost corroborated by, by two writers for me. So, um, and I, I did, I did say to both of them that, that we'd give them a mention on the show and, and thanks for, for helping us out. So Sylvia Kopp, who's the author of a book called Barley and Hops, the craft beer book. Um, she very much, um, gave us the history and summed up the style in a sentence. So it's a strong dry hopped wheat beer. Um, but then Joe Stang, um, who's also another author of, of a book around Brussels in 80 beers, um, goes on to say that he's not sure it's a style in itself. Um, more like an inevitability as, as new wave brewers work out ways to squeeze more hop aroma into classic frames. Um, he then goes on to cite, and, and most people and most of the research I did online as well, will cite the Brooklyn Schneiderweiss as being the first of this style. Um However, it's that, that they both agree that it's it's a hoppy wheat beer, great potential, um, and basically, you, you know, people are now working with it as a as a new style of beer. So, um, what we've got here is his Cloudwater, who are who are quite possibly one of the most progressive breweries in the UK right now, essentially taking that style and doing exactly what Sylvia was saying. They're throwing hops at it, so we've got the New Big Zealand time. hops thrown uh what's essentially a wheat beer hence why we're getting some of those bananary wheaty flavors coming through because mm -hmm. the, the underlying style is a wheat beer um and then as i say it's just been taken to a point where they've stretched the style almost to its breaking point just by throwing hops at it yeah those hops are puckering i tell you what i took a mouthful and it takes me a second to regain control of my senses or of my mouth so i can actually talk you just such huge flavors in there um is that i mean that is an absolute brilliant beer if you're really into your hops definitely yeah i mean i'm i'm finding it quite palatable because of that because i really like wheat beers um which will shock people who listened to the very early episodes of this podcast <laughs> but i really like them now so you're getting that sweet sweetness bedding in underneath the bitterness but the bitterness lingers and it's like a vapor in my nasal cavities they're kind of swirling around it's one of these full featured beers that we occasionally have on the show where you really do get the, an experience from drinking it yeah he's nodding <laughs> ladies and gentlemen I'm I'm, I'm speechless. Um, I, again, it's one of these situations where I don't really want to say anything more over the top of what you've said there, because I think you've summed it up perfectly, mate. Um, it, I, I can understand why the, Glau, the guys at Cloudwater wanted us to feature this, this beer as kind of a showcase beer, because it's, there's so much going on in there. Um, it's really tasty. It's really flavoursome. Um, yeah, it's, uh, th this is one that I can actually see myself going back to a few times while it's out during the autumn mm -hmm. yeah it's funny it'd be a great summer beer but at this time of year because it's there's so much body to it it's quite a filling beer so i can imagine it'd be you know quite warming of a on a cool evening as well yeah it's, it's not it's not one of these light drink it in the sun pilsner wheat beer styles there's actually more to it. It's so oh, interesting. I'm I'm really enjoying that. I'm I'm enjoying every mouthful. I'm enjoying what's going on in the glass. I'm enjoying the finish that it's leaving in my mouth as well. It's, it's whereas a 
I suppose a lot of the beers that I tend to favour leave a lasting bitterness. This is leaving a lasting sweetness, um, which is really nice. It's not cloyingly sweet. It's it's a well-balanced sweetness. Um, yeah, really good stuff. Yeah, I would prefer if it had slightly more carbonation, just to lift it a little bit. But it's certainly still drinkable. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, and yeah, again, just um, just really to say, make sure you hang around for the interview at the end because Paul Paul talks about where the inspiration for this beer came from, um, why they chose to to, to go for this, and the, the the hops that were available for it. And he goes on to talk all about the seasonality of their beers as well. That would be a really. I haven't listened to it yet, but I shall be listening to it intensely because it's really weird. I mean, for me, from my perception, Cloudwater kind of came out from nowhere in the last year or so. Suddenly, they were all over Twitter, and I think you told me that they hired someone to do their marketing who used to be involved with Brewdog. I think so. Okay. But whoever it I'm, is, I'm sure someone will tweet us and tell us whether we're right or not there. <laughs> whoever it is has their finger on finger on it big time because they they just hit the ground running as far, from my perception. You know, suddenly they appeared and now it's cloud water everywhere and everyone loves cloud water. And their branding is fantastic. It's not typical brewery branding. I mean, the bottles here, they've got a nice photograph, very clean labeling. I, I think I think their branding and their labeling is an example of how it can be done properly, because what it does is it tells you everything you want on the back of that bottle as, yep. as well. So it, it tells you what the style is, the ABV, the volume, the bittering hop, the aroma hop, what malts, what yeast. Okay. It even goes so far as telling you um, they don't so much have best before dates, but they've got this little note on the side that hops fade fast. Most enjoyable before the 1st of March, 2016. So, and, and they're all over that. And again, without going on about it too much, Paul talks about all of that in the interview at the end and why it's so important to Cloudwater as, yeah. as well to make sure that that information is available to the consumer. And for any brewers who are listening, the yeast they use is Lallemand Munich Classic and the malt is Wheat Malt, Maris Otter, Caramalt, Light Munich. There you go. You can do your own at home now. There you go. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Yes. And of course, the Motoweka for the bittering and Motoweka and Nelson Savon for the flavouring. For the aroma, rather. My apologies. Right, now we've also got, this is uh, just, just to throw a bit of a curveball in here. Um, they did also send us down bottles of their summer range, US Hop and Vice as well. So... I thought it would be nice rather than do a full review just to give this a little go to see um, what the differences is in terms of the hot profile. Now, with that in mind and what we've just said about their labelling, the labels on the summer one does say that this bottle was most enjoyable before the 19th of September. So it's a little, probably a little bit past its best, but I'm keen to, to give it a go just to see if the underlying style is still there and if the, the use of different hops makes any real difference to the drink. Yeah, and the US hops that they've used in this, for bittering, they've used Pearl, and for Aroma, they've sorry, Citra and Mosaic. The malt is Wheat, Beth Ale, Light Munich, and the yeast is WB06. 
Well, I've, I've got to say, I'm getting the Simcoe straight away. Oh yeah. On 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 the aroma, that's that's all Simcoe. So um, I'm looking forward to this. I mean, this is this is kind of an extra beer that I've squeezed into this season, mate. You know, um, you're doing these double these double beer episodes. I just you know. <sighs> The, the generosity of the guys sending us both the beers, it, it felt only right to do them, do it justice and do them both on one show. I agree. Okay. Yes. Cheers. So I'll do my best. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Mm. Okay, that tastes, that appears to be much more like a traditional wheat beer, I think. But yeah. with really clean flavours coming over top of it, really clean bittering. It's it's more citrusy, isn't it? You, you get a really mm. big hit of, of of citrus from the the US hops in it that just come and and whereas the, the the hops in the New Zealand version, I think, were a little bit more subtle and and more in balance with the other flavours. This is a typically US hopped beer. It's it's all about their the hops. They're big, they're bold, they're brash, they're screaming their way through, they're pushing their way to the front of the queue. Um, they're there and they're just um, all up front. And then you've got the wheat beer sat behind it. Um, again, works really, really well. And I can just imagine what this must have tasted like when it was at its absolute best. Yeah. Um, and in contrast to the New Zealand one as well, this, whereas the New Zealand one had a lot of body to it and was quite a thick profile this is much cleaner much more shallower shall we say so it gives the hops more room for to express to express themselves yeah on a, on a beery level so you're getting the flavors from all those lovely hops coming through nice subtle bitterness but the flavors are right up there and underneath is just like this very light sweetness kind of lifting it up with those that visor yeast as well it's not not too bad this one which one do you prefer so far i know you've only had a few i've got to I've gotta say i prefer the new zealand one um i i think it's it's more well balanced as a beer it's got a lot more body to it there's a lot more going on in there um it might be again, as I say, because this one is is maybe a few weeks past its best, that that's not got as much going on in there. But then there's a there's a huge difference in the ABV between them as yeah. well. So the the New Zealand one is six and a half, the US US one's five point two. Mm-hmm. That was released as part of the summer range. <clears throat> if if you put this beer in the summer, it's a perfect summer beer. It's yeah. completely refreshing. It's crisp. It's it's citrusy. It's everything that you want from a summer beer. I can understand why they've upped the ABV and they've got that more body and character in in the in the New Zealand version because it's part of the autumn range. Um, yeah. But f- yeah, for me, it's it's the New Zealand one that wins out on this. Yeah, I th- I think I'll go with that as well. If the New Zealand one had the same level of body as this one, I think I'd it would be a clear winner for me. Um, now that we're tasting this one, I think that the lighter body suits me more, but I like the hop characters coming through on the New Zealand one. But if this, if we had had this beer three or four months ago before it was past its best and those hops would have been much fresher, it would, I can just imagine it being almost like a completely different beer as far as taste profile goes. So it's a shame that we didn't get this when it was at its best, but it's still super tasty. 
Yeah, I, I mean, both of them incredibly flavor, incredibly flavorsome. Um, you can see there's a lot of skill and, and work gone into every aspect of these beers. Oh, yeah. Um, and you can really understand now why all the buzz is about cloud water. And, and I think also for me, heading into to, to Indie Man this weekend, Cloudwater have got a massive presence there. Um, by all accounts, they're going to have their entire autumn range on a, on a bar and they're going to have some specials that they've been doing as well. They've been barrel aging some stuff. Um, I'm really excited with what's to come from Cloudwater. I'm, I'm really excited about what's going to be in their winter range. And, and, and I think there's a, there's a bit in the interview with Paul at the end where I think I actually suggest to him a, a, a beer that they should do as well. So, guys, if, if that one comes off, remember where you heard it first. <laughs> <laughs> Barrel aged something, I bet. <laughs> uh, no, it was, uh, it was something because apparently their, first, their, their actual first birthday isn't until around Valentine's Day next year. So that would probably surprise a lot of people. Um, but they didn't actually start releasing beers until February. So their, their first actual anniversary of when they release beers is Valentine's Day. So I think I suggested to Paul that they should do some special Valentine's beer. Um, and, and I think there, there was a slight twinkle in his eyes. So so he was either <laughs> taken aback by my suggestion of Valentine's Day or, or it's an idea that's now working through his head. <laughs> Okay, so while we finish this beer, let's move on to around the country are people who lovingly gaze at their mantle in a big empty spot with their prizeless prize sets. And that's for submitting an Instagram photo, which Steve has selected this week's prizeless prize. So what do we have this week, mate? Well, again, we've got, and I'm loving, I love it that I'm be able to say this every week. We've got another first-time winner um, this week. And you say that people all around the country have that place on their mantelpiece. You can now extend that to people all around Europe who now <laughs> have that place on their mantelpiece. For the winner of this week's prize, this prize is an image that I don't think you are ever going to better on <laughs> this competition. And that's building it up before I show this to you and before our listeners get to, to have a look at it. But have a look at that. Oh, wow. Y yeah. This is, nice. this is a bottle of beer on top of a mountain range, okay? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Craft Dog. That's a Craft Dog with a W um, rather than an O. Um, is the winner of the coveted Great Big Box of Nothing and the prize this prize for a picture of Wild Beers Ninkazi on top of a mountain range in Norway. Now, that picture's up on our Instagram feed. It's linked through in the show notes. You're going to do well to ever better that. I'm putting the challenge out there. I want a better picture than that uh, at some point <laughs> if one exists. And, and you can enter your own by putting your picture up on Instagram and using the hashtag cheers, guys. And if it catches my eye, you will be the recipient of your very own great big box of nothing containing your prize, this prize. Very good. And finally, to round off this week, this week's hot topic. Yeah, um, loosely tying into the, the, the theme of bastardization of styles, um, which is obviously we've been talking tonight about the hop and vice and how it's not really a style, but it's come out of an original style that's had hops thrown at it. This week's um, hot topic 
is is an interesting question, and I'm looking forward to your response to this one as well. Um, which was, what does IPA even mean now? Now, as you can imagine, we had quite the response to this. So I'm just going to pick out a few tweets rather than go through them all. Um, so first of all, uh, Richard Brownhill said uh, it means about as much as Saison does these days. Um, it's a bit of a free-for-all. Um, Mashtan and Meow asked if we're talking about the UK, then it's really just about things being hoppy. doesn't need to necessarily be strong or pow. Um, Zesty Fields, also known as Emma um, from the Crema Brewery. Um, she said uh, it means it smells and tastes appreciably of hops and there is sufficient hop bitterness present. But then she shrugs and doesn't really know what that means. Um, lots of people saying UK breweries not really sure what they're doing and they're just using it as a label to cash in on popularity. Roland Glue from Stephen Roland's Beer Podcast. Theoretically, it should have an IBU of greater than 40 and that is all. Um, Miles Lambert, number one fan, jumped in. Term IPA no longer tells me what a beer is. There are so many variations. It narrows it down a little but needs the extra description, i.e. English, American, Black, Belgian or whatever. Um, Martin Oates, an IPA to me is pow, bitter, bold, hoppy and powerfully balanced. Nostromo Bruco, really hop forward at least 4.5% and style higher than average carbonation dry finish. And it goes on. Lots of similar suggestions to all of that thing, those those things. So, mate, what does IPA mean to you these days? <laughs> um, well, echoing what a lot of people there said, but um, it doesn't really mean much anymore because... You don't know whether you're going to get an English IPA or an American IPA unless they specifically say so. Um, I mean, there's even, when I was in Australia, they had like KIPA or KPA, Kiwi India Pale Ale, you know, IPAs made in New Zealand and shit like that. So essentially it's, if, if we're getting to the root of it, it's a beer where its primary characteristic is the hoppiness of it. Because that's, if you go back, way back when to, you know, hazy history time, IPAs came out of beers being heavily hopped so that they could last on the little boats all the way out to India. Whereas these days, an IPA is throw as much fucking hops as, as you can possibly can. And <laughs> so, as we've seen in the last few weeks, you know, whether it's beers that we've got on the show or beers that we've had during the week, is you can have an IPA, it can be faintly American with a faintly English profile to it as well. So if it doesn't need, I don't care about the ABV or something. I don't think that defines an IPA. It's purely how hoppy it is for me. I mean, it's you can have something, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. For me, if something is called a pale ale but it's really hoppy, I think of that as an IPA. Because the I doesn't stand for imperial. It's not looking at strength. It's India Pale, which is the how hoppy it which is. is. Which is the traditional style, yeah. And I think, yeah. as as you say there, if you if you pick picking up on a couple of things you say there, obviously so far this season we've featured the the, the Wylam Jakehead, which for all intents and purposes was a really well done English IPA um, mm -hmm. with American hops. Yeah. Fantastic profile. But then balance that out with the as yet unreleased revisited show that we've got we've got coming up later this month 
where we did the Fuller's Bengal Lancer. Again, an example of a fantastically English IPA. It's not massively hopped, and without putting too many spoilers out there, I was actually blown away by how good the Bengal Lancer was when when we tried it again for the revisited mm. show. But I, I agree with what you're saying that, and again, I, I, you know, I, I'm a self-confessed hophead. I love IPAs; they are my go-to beer. But for me, it's all about throwing as many hops as, at them as you can and, and giving me that big hoppy hit up front. I want big citrusy flavours all the way through and I want a lasting bitterness as well. So um, it's been great that so many people have got involved in, in this week's hop topic. Um, and, and let's keep the conversation going as well. So if you've got a view on this, what does IPA mean or even what do you look for in an IPA? Um, let us know on Twitter. Use the hashtag hop topic uh, and we'll make sure we pick it up and respond to it. In Dee And don't forget you can get your beers from Ales by Male Beautiful Beers, Beer Merchants and Ebria, who all now offer a 10% discount to Beer O'Clock Show listeners on any beers on their website. So check out all the details on our beerless page on the website. Um, what's coming up next week, mate? Because we, we've got a shit ton of Indie Man reviews. They're going to be featured in the show. But... There will be, yes, if, if all was... goes to plan. <laughs> but what's on the actual show in between all the Indie Man stuff? The, the, the actual show next week, we are featuring um, a beer from Hamilton Brewery in Islington in London. We're featuring their N7, which, um, bearing in mind the conversation we've just had, is a parallel, but actually on a lot of websites is listed as an India parallel. It's listed as an IPA, um, and it possibly has a lot of the same characteristics as well. So that's that's the beer that we're going to feature on next week's show. Um, and we've also got blogging icon um, Matt Total Curtis coming on to join us with his big microphone uh, again, which obviously <laughs> the listeners don't get to see, but Matt does have an incredible microphone he when, when he comes on the show with us. So, so that's that's next week's show. <laughs> he is a cutie as Matt I look forward to seeing his face right <laughs> you can find us online at beeroclockshow.co.uk on twitter at beeroclockshow on instagram at beeroclockshow Steve is on untapped at beershowsteve and I'm on untapped at beershowmark and on twitter at beershowmark stick around after the tinkly tinkly music for Steve's epic interview with Paul Jones from Cloudwater almost as long as this show itself and until next week, Stevie. It's been the absolute highlight of my week, mate. <laughs> and mine. Until next week. Bye-bye. It's Beer O'Clock, and this week we're joined by Paul Jones, who's the co-founder of Cloudwater Brewco. Hey, Paul, welcome to, the, uh, welcome to the show. It's really great to have you here. Um, we've been featuring one of your beers on this week's show, which is from your new autumn range. It's the New Zealand Hop and Vice. Um, tell us a little bit about the beer. Yeah, sure. So Hopfenweiss was a style of beer uh, we started making right from the off. Uh, we made a Bergamo Hopfenweiss back in the spring and it worked really, really well. Uh, we've always tried to design our seasonal ranges to feature either hops or yeast or malt as appropriate. And uh, Hopfenweiss is a beer style that actually just features everything all at the same time. So off the, off the success that we had of the Bergamo Hopfenweiss, we moved through and did a, a single hop feature. Um, so we really put a lot of uh, Simcoe into the next batch. We did back it up with a couple of other hops to round it out a little bit. I think that's always a nice thing to do. 
um, and we, we, we decided to follow that on with uh, US Hopfen Weiss, so really going to town with big, classic, juicy American hops. And we finished off uh, pretty much the, the, the majority of our US allocation with that beer. Um, knowing that we transitioned through to fresh, uh, new season New Zealand hops when they arrived to us, and that's exactly what we've used in our latest batch. It's Nelson Sovan and Motueka. They both present with um, quite a savoury characteristic uh, this year, a little bit more savoury than, than, they, than they have done previously. But again, with that big uh, multi backdrop and all of those yeast notes, it works really, really well. And it's a great way, if you can get hold of a bottle of the US, uh, stick it next to the, the NZ and, and, and see how you get on, because it's a pretty interesting process when you've got so much to go, going on in a beer. Uh, to compare two very bold beers with different hop additions is pretty cool. It's as cool as comparing two very clean IPAs. Mm-hmm. And at, at Cloudwater, you guys specialise in modern seasonal beer. Correct, yeah. Um, that's your thing. Um, so, to the average punter, what does that mean? Well, I think to start off with, it means that we're not focusing on traditional beer making. Um, we do, you know, in the north of England, we do make a lot of cask beer, um, and we do look around for styles that we'd want to utilise and put our twist on. So it's not that you'll, you won't ever see us uh, produce something like a bitter and we have one of those coming out pretty soon yeah um but modern really just reflects our mindset uh we don't just look to british tradition or european tradition um we uh look way further back than some of the some of the uh, tradition that we're all currently aware of we like to trawl through the the history books a little bit and we also like to keep in touch with uh very progressive developments over in the states and wonder how we might integrate some of those practices and processes and flavour combinations. And seasonal for us is really about putting the ingredients first. Um, we, we love core range beer. I mean, we rely on other people's core beers time and time again, week after week. And there's certainly something very attractive about buffing a recipe up and a process up 10 times, 100 times. But also there's something really attractive about putting the ingredients first and saying, hey, this is an agricultural product, uh, it's different every year, uh, what we have that's fresh changes month after month. And so with James's years of experience behind us, um, we thought it was a pretty good time right at the start of running the business to dive in at the deep end and see what it would mean to us if we explored seasonality. So I think to the regular uh, customer out there, um, that may not always be overly apparent in in, in our beers. Um, Some of the beer styles that we come out with uh, may be not the most common on the bar, uh, but most of our beer is very drinkable uh, and we try and get the balance right. So I don't think necessarily all of that work is is on the the bleeding edge of what we do, um, even though it's very much uh, forming the foundation of of why we're we're producing a a hop from vice at this point in time, why we're producing a grisette and and why we're not making uh, any dark beer until autumn, for example. so there's there's no there's no core range as such. No. Basically, what you do is you produce beers based on the season and, and the ingredients that are available to you within that season. Sure, definitely. So we work with styles seasonally as much as we work with ingredients seasonally. So 
I think you'll probably find that, you know, we really love hoppy beer and so does most of the world. I mean, like pale ale is, is absolutely foundational for just about every brewery out there. So you'll find us making pails and IPAs year-round. So they're year-round styles that will change with the seasons. So the strength will change a little bit, the colour, the residual sweetness, the bitterness, as well as the, the hops that we feature. Um, so the, there are those sort of subtle tweaks going on all the way throughout the year. Uh, but then you'll find us try to utilise uh, hops really when they're at their freshest, um, fruits when they're coming into season and, and doesn't matter to us that we're not going to stick around for very long if we want to work with something we you know we've, we've given ourselves uh, the, the freedom to do so uh, and we feel even though it's incredibly hard to run a brewery like this uh, it would be much easier if we made four beers all year yeah. round uh, really on every single level from logistics to sales to production um, we like the challenge and we're really happy to you know, somehow be supported enough to, to keep going and, and keep exploring seasonality and see what, what we can find. Okay, so the, the, the New Zealand Hop and Vice is part of the autumn range. Mm. What's what's the rest of the, the, the autumn range looking like at the moment? The autumn range is um, it's looking pretty interesting actually. So we definitely have a bit more of a focus on darker malts. Uh, we definitely have a bit more of a focus on slightly uh, richer uh, beer styles. So you'll see um, porters and stouts. Uh, you're, you're also going to see start to see some of the uh, barrel aged beer that we've been um, maturing for a little while come through in the autumn. Um, so that's you know that we're, that stuff we're pretty excited about. Cool, lots to look forward to then. Yeah, loads. I mean, again, like a um, like I said before, it's um, it's tough to, to keep things moving as, as much as we do. Uh, you know, if we if we had like four beer styles that we worked within, that would make our lives much easier. But it's also really exciting for us to do what we do. Um, we're kind of charging ourselves with trying to nail everything first time, which is really hard when we want to achieve a really high quality beer. We want we want to present to to the, the British beer buying public uh, really high quality beers, and at the same time, you know, a lot of the time we're just making something once and putting it on the bar against something that's been made hundreds of times before. Um, that that challenge, we actually uh, we're relishing it right now. It's really making us grow as a team. It's really pushing us to try and nail down every little aspect of why we don't hit our quality targets and when we do, how do we repeat that success, even if we're making a different beer style. Um, so yeah, I think I think what we're what we're presenting in um, in this autumn range. Well, I mean, most of the beer was brewed between July and August, um, so I guess the up to the minute uh, <laughs> the up to the minute processes that we're integrating. Uh, they've yet to come through, yeah. um, but it's exciting for us just to keep things moving for sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's talk about Cloudwater, the brewery, uh, mm. a, a little bit. Um, you guys are less than a year old, just coming up to your first birthday. We, yeah, it depends. You know what? We don't know which uh, which our real birthday is actually. <laughs> so we have kind of three uh, three birthdays in so, mind, like the Queen. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, so so there's there's that fifteenth uh, of September when we, when the James, uh, Al, uh, Will, and myself started working full time on the project. I mean, yeah. by that stage, James and I had already been working on it for nearly a year. Um, 
part-time behind the scenes so that's the that's one anniversary on the 15th of September the other, the other one's uh, 7th of November when we actually got hold of the keys for the unit mm-hmm. and we could start the fit out and then um, I think the birthday that we're really going to go with is our first brew day it makes the most sense absolutely yeah. so that's Valentine's Day oh, so I don't okay. know whether we're going to present a, a soppy beer every year I think uh, you've got to really I mean, you know, if, if you're all about seasonality so surely you've got to do something special for that yeah. um, I mean you guys have really hit the ground running mm, um, that's true in, in this last year in, in the nicest way possible you haven't been able to go anywhere without hearing or seeing Cloudwater e- either on the bar or in the chatter everybody's talking about you guys mm. um, that's obviously a testament to your your beers and, and the abilities that you've got sure but t- tell us about this first year what's it been like for you guys starting a brewery building your team getting the name out there and, and how do you attribute such a following that you've grown in such a short space of time uh, lots of questions there, no right? no it is uh, well I'll start I'll start with your last question um, you know I think I think having somebody like James uh, as our head brewer starting our brew team off he's been in the industry for longer than a lot of modern beer consumers have been drinking modern beer um, and so his reputation the, the the work that he's done over his whole career has definitely brought uh, some attention to, to, to what we've done these past few months um, I think we we add a little bit to that the fact that we were very transparent when we started our whole process we really tried to keep uh, all kind of marketing stuff uh, out of our communications uh, entirely and just shared what we're working on that yeah. day so I mean like one one, one, of, one of my greatest pleasures during the setup which was incredibly difficult I mean neither James and I had set up a brewery before uh, commissioned commissioned work by steam engineers or process pipe engineers you know even, even though he'd been in, in the industry a long time it was really really tough to chart out all of that setup process and when everything uh, when everything arrived and it actually uh, did fit <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, we were we were like really excited and, and very relieved at the same time but um, I think the, the, th- the fact that we were really transparent and we shared that process out and we had you know people s- replying to photos and saying hey like what's going on you've got me liking a picture of a goddamn pipe on a Sunday morning <laughs> first thing you know but we, we really wanted to uh, share all of that work because uh, the thought of us just trying to like hype and promote what we were going to be doing uh, just seemed utterly vacuous mm-hmm. um, to this day you don't really see us uh, tweet about our beers uh, you don't see us take pictures of our beers four times a day it's not really what we're about we'd much rather the community does that for you the, the well, following that you've, you've built yeah I guess I mean you know we, we just try to share the stuff that um that, that you guys don't see so much of, yeah. um, because that's. I mean, we're really interested in it, and we know we we, we know the the, the 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 folk that support our business are too. Um, and so for us, we take a lot more pride in trying to share some of those insider experiences. Um, that's much more important to us than than sort of saying, hey, you know, I hope you're drinking our beer tonight. I don't mind. I'm happy if you do. I just hope you're drinking some good beer. Yeah. Uh, and you know, at some point in your week, we might feature, and that's pretty cool. 
So you were telling me um, a little bit earlier on how the the team's grown as, as well in, in sure. that time. So yeah. you're, you started off with four of you and you're up to a team of nine now. That's correct, um, yeah. What's, what's that feel like? <laughs> uh, terrifying. <laughs> uh, I mean, to be charged with the responsibility to look after a team of, uh, you know, of eight employees um, is... Uh, is nuts yeah um, especially given that we've only been in production seven months but uh, knowing where we want to be the quality targets that we've set ourselves that we want to mm-hmm. achieve next year we're never going to get there without uh, building more capacity into the brew team uh, bringing folk on with different types of experiences so uh, Richard um, has joined us from a couple of years at Abbeydale Brewery but he's also just finishing his, his IBD uh, diploma. Um, Callum's just joined us from a master's program at Harriet Watt. And both of those guys are bringing some experience, but also a lot of education to James's 20 years of experience. But, you know, he's never been through brewing school. Yeah. So they're bringing uh, really nice complementary skill sets and, and, and opinions and, and kind of learning strategies to our processes and uh, they're having an effect already and it's chiefly because we've now got more more than uh, you know one experienced brewer to sort of be bouncing ideas um, you know we've we Al uh, in our team has always been uh, James's lead assistant brewer and um, Al came to us in the beginning with like phenomenal drive and experience as a home brewer and so it's nice to see not just James's eyes light up, but Al's too, as we now don't just talk about what beer we're going to brew next and a little bit of how we'll get there. You know, we are like picking every single piece of our process apart. And we've got now the experience and the different points of view and the skill sets, I think, to really try and get to the, the, quality, the quality level that we want to be at. Um, so it's really exciting for us. I mean, you know, terrifying but exciting. <laughs> and and you guys are, it's probably fair to say, one of the, the the leading breweries in Manchester now. And Manchester itself has got a really vibrant brewing scene at the moment. Sure. What what does it mean to to Cloudwater to be a to be a part of that brewing scene? For us, really, um, it's kind of like a distillation of where we would like to see ourselves nationally um, you know we, we, we really want to see ourselves become a brewery that's uh, pushing not just the boundaries of like what seasonal beer means or not just the boundaries of what good good beer is uh, on a national level but also like what a good brewing community is in Manchester and we've tried from day one to play a really responsible part we are um, I think we pretty much doubled the fermentation capacity of Greater Manchester when we opened up um, so you know we're quite a big player yeah. in that scene uh, but we're not we don't kind of bounce around like big boys um, we're always I mean I, I'm I, I can sometimes sell more of uh, Sam's beer at track in a day than I do of my own because uh, if someone's looking for a split pallet I'll pass them on to someone local rather than uh, you know lose uh, lose a sale with someone yeah. and it feels really good to do that we're always getting ourselves out there and lending ingredients out and helping someone out with a technical question um, this this is all quite like day-to-day stuff and, and, and a little pedestrian but um, it all really helps to 
consolidate uh, a really nice scene and our role in um, helping to put together and facilitate Manchester Brewery Expo earlier on in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, we, we, we did a lot of the legwork. We financed it um, to take on that burden and make sure that uh, our peers in the in the city weren't troubled by that um, because we really wanted to draw everyone together. Yeah. And um, I don't say that because I'm... Uh, anything other than proud of our collective efforts you know as a community I don't think breweries in Manchester ever before have got around a table and like I think the first time we sat down I don't think any any brewery in Manchester had really spent that much time uh, with everyone else Uh, you know we'd sat we sat down and had a bunch of meetings to put the expo together and it really um, it's left us all like not in the dark anymore Um, we know each other really well uh, we don't have any trouble to pick up the phone and say hey can you can you help me out with some key kegs this week or have you got a bag of hops I can borrow till tomorrow yeah. uh, this happens very regularly I mean it always happens uh, but uh, you know it's, it's happening a lot more in Manchester and, and that is that behind the scenes something of, of how we've tried to help that camaraderie develop uh, so for us playing a part in in uh, in in Manchester's brewery scene, the beer scene up in Manchester, it's you know it's as much it's as much of having a positive social impact as it is making great beer. Making great beer is what we want to try and do for everyone, but especially in Manchester, to do something that pushes food and drink and pushes that kind of positive scene forward is is really what we're about. Okay, and and while we're talking about events in Manchester, we're yeah. being oh, remiss of us to talk about Indie Man. You you guys are involved in that quite heavily this year you're That's one correct, of the yeah. sponsor breweries and sure seen your name down against doing a few events and there's a few bits going on give us a bit of a feel for what Cloudwater's presence is going to be like at Indie Man this year yeah so we we met up with uh, with Johnny and the IMBC team a, a good few times months and months ago and uh, I think they were IMBC really wanted to put a bit more of a spotlight on on the regional scene up in the northwest um, which is really cool mm-hmm. and uh, we also wanted to play a big part in the festival this year so we're the um, glass sponsors um, actually just today uh, they've, they've taken uh, the craft taken delivery of the craftmaster one glasses that yep. they chose for the festival um, we were really happy to work with them and sponsor that uh, and as a result, we uh, we've gained ourselves a really nice position in the festival. Mm-hmm. We've got a lovely space that we're going to try and present some of our seasonal beer, some of our barrel matured beer, and some of the sour stuff that we're starting to work oh, on wow. too. So exciting times! Yeah, very much yeah. so. Because uh, you know, again, uh, you know, we're very much um, focused on on exploring seasonality, but that's not all. I mean, you know. Again, going back to uh, Al, our, our lead assistant brewer, he, uh, you know, he's utterly fanatical about uh, Breton and Mises. He pretty much put it in everything. I think if he could, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and 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 for the most part, I'd support that. But um, so we really wanted to make sure that we we opened up a, a program looking at uh, other yeasts, other uh, styles of fermentation and maturation. So we're really excited at IMBC to premiere some of the stuff that we've been working on behind the scenes for the first time so that'll be very very exciting 
Well, I'm, I'm looking forward to that because I've cool. got a good few days up there myself. Same. Um, okay, so looking into the future then, um, obviously we've got autumn range, then we'll have winter range coming. Correct. And, yes. and then the, as, as you heard it here first, the exclusive Valentine's beer that you'll be doing um, <laughs> to celebrate your first birthday. Um, big picture, what, what's next for you guys? Where do you see, see Cloudwater to go in, in the next year or so? Oh, uh, I mean, really our key focus is the quality's got to go right up. Uh, we're happy with the start that we've made for sure, um, but uh, there is a long, long way we want to go. Um, so I know that's not really like going to be a, a great statement to make at this point. I think that's just one, one of the things that we're uh, working hard on uh, to, to kind of bring that quality through next year. Part of the uh, beauty of the way that we run this brewery is um, I can't really answer that question um, because yeah. you know what, what you know what we do uh, is uh, keep ourselves wide open. If we see trends come through that we really want to work with, uh, and they fit with uh, they fit with our sort of seasonal objectives, we can just work with new beer styles. We can work with new flavors at the drop of a hat. Mm-hmm. We never backed ourselves into a corner of having to maintain, uh, you know, maybe 80 or 90 percent uh, of a core range and a few kind of sprinkles of seasonal stuff on top of that. Um, everything that we do is wide open because the scene's moving forward all the time and. A bunch of folk this year sort of said to me, are you going to make the Bergamo hot from ice again next spring? Well, quite possibly, because it was such a nice beer and we'd love to make it again, but we'll be a different brewery next spring and you'll be a different consumer yeah. in a different marketplace. And all of our needs and wants and hopes and dreams about what beer can be or what it should be, they'll all be a little bit different. So I think, uh, I'd like to think that next year, uh, we're nailing the quality a lot more than uh, than we think we are now, and I'd like to think that we're just still got our eyes wide open and, and seeing what we can what we can explore and what we can bring to the marketplace that's exciting and flavorful and yeah, just like that. Really. Have, have you been have you been surprised at the reaction of the that the beer community to what you're doing? Because people have really embraced what you're doing, um, and I I can't think off the top of my head of any other breweries that are kind of approaching it the way that you are mm. at, at the moment and as I say I, I think certainly people that we chat to in, in the community as I said at the beginning nobody's got a bad word for anything that you guys have done and, and people seem to have really embraced it. Has that surprised you guys? Yeah because uh, th- there certainly are people uh, that, that have very strong opinions and aren't afraid to, to um, make those strong opinions public even if they are um, not as positive as they could be uh, but of course, we're you know we're we're thrilled that that we've been we feel like we've been given a mandate to to keep pushing on and keep exploring. Um, you know, at any point that could stop, and uh, people could find it a bit tiresome that we don't that they can't make you know they can't develop a relationship with with a beer. We like that with other breweries that we can develop like a long term relationship with a particular beer or beer style. Um, and so we know we're not offering that to, to customers, but I guess 99.9% of the marketplace is doing that for us. So we're, we, we are really thrilled and humbled by the support so far, for sure. Definitely um, definitely surprising because we, we really didn't know what to expect. The, 
we, we, we certainly thought about what we were going to do quite a lot um, and we certainly referenced what we hoped were going to be much broader principles so the revitalization of British food culture comes a lot there from a focus on seasonality and produce first cooking and so we really um, had in mind that if we took that same approach that we find so damn exciting with chefs and, and modern British food that we might find modern British beer uh, in that way just as exciting and so the fact that people have resonated with what we're doing is is, is amazing it really is okay well listen Paul it's been great chat, chatting to you really enjoyed it um, where can people find out more about Cloudwater we do try and keep our uh, blog up to date uh, that's cloudwaterbrew.co um, you can get through our blog from that and we do <coughs> we do try and keep a good presence on social media too so uh, you can keep a look out on our Instagram feed and Twitter feed and we'll be telling you a good deal of what we're up to there and certainly if um, for any of your listeners out there that are in Manchester or uh, for the night or uh, in that region full stop uh, we open our brewery tap every weekend um, and that's a great chance to come down and ask us every single question you could possibly want Uh, we run that space um, with a quite a hard cap on numbers Mm -hmm. it's table service it's advanced booking just so that we can preserve that environment where folk can come down speak to us every week that they want to and uh, and get stuck in and ask us what we're working on and in some cases you know we try beer straight out of tank yeah. and it's pretty fun so and people can find out about that from your website most definitely your website yeah okay well, well as i say paul listen thanks for your time really Pleasure. appreciate it cheers yeah, thanks for having me on cheers